Good evening, Warriors and board members. Uh, this is from the War Room to the Boardroom Podcast, Episode 5. Here listening with uh, Anthony Ruiz Calderon, one of my buddies. I'm your host, Mayshawn Wilson, Strategic Deals Business Operations at Apple, Combat Veteran, Duke MBA, and West Pointer. Today we're talking to my guest, one of my best friends, Anthony Ruiz Calderon. He and I will be discussing preparing transition, talking about his journey through investment banking, private equity, venture capital, and then on to entrepreneurship. For those of you that don't know Anthony, Anthony is the president and co-founder of Circular Hospitality. He spent his time in the Army as an MC officer down in Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, after that, he was in private equity as a vice president of Heitman Group in Chicago. Uh, he's a graduate of West Point and the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. So without further delay, my buddy, Anthony. Hey, Mason, what's up? So it's funny, we've reached that stage where people actually introduce you and they give their background. It's like, it's pretty quite interesting. Also, your background sounds pretty interesting, even though I've known you forever since we were back at West Point. It's not that um, interesting, guys. So, all right, go ahead, man. I'm happy, happy to be here. Yeah, these are my roommates since senior year at West Point, and we go back to plebe years. So I know this guy for 15 years. Hard exactly. To it's not that interesting. <laughs> I mean, so, so, yeah. But no, thanks for doing this. Um, I actually, once you invited me to this, I thought this was a pretty cool concept. And overall, uh, definitely would have been helpful, I guess, in, during our era when we were trying to get out of the military. So let's do it. Happy to help. Sounds good. So, Anthony, for our listeners who don't know who you are, can you tell me a little about, your, about yourself, you know, how you came to the military, kind of your journey? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so I'm from Miami, Florida, but I actually come from a family. I was an Army bred, if you will. My, my father was a West Pointer. I always found it very interesting growing up, listening to his stories. So I decided to follow after him. Uh, I, too, went into the infantry. Um, I too pretty much try to follow very lockstep or very close behind his footsteps. But then after my time in the military, I, I went to business school to get my MBA and to try to break into finance, uh, specifically investment banking at the time. So I attended uh, University of Chicago Booth Business School, where I graduated in 2018. Uh, since then, I've had the opportunity of leveraging the experiences that I gained in business school and relationships and going into private equity where I worked at a multi-billion dollar fund, like Mayshawn mentioned. So I worked here both in Chicago, where I'm currently at now, and uh, in London, where I uh, eventually was promoted and asked to kind of run um, the whole market or at least take my business into the Iberian Peninsula. Since it's been an interesting ride, happy to expand on any of that. But since then, have been able to leverage all of my, you know, taking what I learned in the military, taking what I learned in finance, and using that to, you know, launch my own company with my partner slash brother, who went to Cornell and, and uh, Harvard Business School. So not a military guy, but decided to raise capital and then spin off our own company, uh, now raising seed capital. So essentially, a management platform to optimize short-term rental. Love it. Love to see it. And so, can you explain, kind of, one? You said you're an infantry officer in the army. Um, you left to the rank of captain. Um, did you play any sports while the academy? I thought you were on like. I want to say strength and conditioning crew. Like what, what else did you do? I mean, you did all the things. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure thing. So, I mean, okay, for me, the better way I can start off is I, when I was in high school, I played quite a lot of different sports, but there was only so many sports that I was introduced to while I was in Miami. Uh, and then I decided to kind of, you know, dabble or, you know, try different things, asking friends and my fat, my father really like, what, what, what could I try at West Point that I've never tried before? So I tried crew I tried uh, strength, as Mayshawn said, but just tried a little bit of everything. Um, and so I was a 
captain in the military. I got out as a captain. Uh, I'm happy to jump into that a lot further. No, I think that's perfect, Anthony. Um, so you kind of mentioned where you are now. And so in order to get to that point where you're leading this kind of real estate management platform, can you kind of describe not only what you guys kind of do, but also what it took for you to get there and how long you've been this venture? We started about a year ago. Happy to say that we're almost at $2 billion of revenue. We raised over a million. We are now in 14 different markets. And essentially, we, we, we have learned, we've tried to add standard and modernization to the rental space. So think of like short-term rentals. So we use, we leverage Airbnb, Verbal, Booking.com, and we act as a high-end uh, property manager. So now we're not only in the United States, but also in Latin America, looking to expand uh, elsewhere around the world, uh, globally, really, and raising capital now, not only to develop this idea further, but also build our own investment marketplace. Just kind of treating every individual deal that we look at as an actual private equity deal. So to add a little bit of sophistication for the individual homeowner that wants to buy a home, but has no understanding of what they're buying. Sounds like a big mouthful. General point is I have a lot, I, I gained uh, some experience doing private equity real estate where I was able to deploy I think over $700 million in, in equity, uh, sorry, capital, uh, both in Chicago and London, and realizing that, uh, you know, with my brother, who also did the same thing, that real estate is dope. And at the end of the day, we think that this is where the market's kind of heading. And uh, as dope as real estate is, we just wanted to continue to be in it, but do it on our own terms, start our own company. That makes sense. And so it, it took you going through that VC private equity experience, investment banking to get to that stage. To kind of launch this venture and raise the capital where you're talking hundreds of millions, several hundred million dollars. Sure. Well, no, not a hundred million dollars. I mean, I wish I raised that, but look, look, so so it's so hard to be, you know, like present this point forward. But I left the military with an understanding that I want to do finance. So if my audience here are veterans or current individuals who are in the military looking to get out, um, when I was in your shoes, I said, I want to go into finance. Didn't really have much of a reason why. I just talked to people. I thought it sounded cool. So I decided to go the investment banking route because it typically gives you a lot of the foundations you need to to build on that, whether you want to go into private equity or be in hedge funds or whatnot. I was very fortunate to leverage the opportunity, essentially the people that I met along the way to get an opportunity to jump into uh, private equity. And then from private equity, I realized from here, Chicago, United States, and, and Europe, that this isn't really rocket science. And frankly, you can, you know, the, what you're learning is something that you, with uh, the skill sets we learned in the military, or I learned in the military, I can essentially take this and, and try to run my own business. And so that's what we did, right? So I did dabble in venture capital, like May, May Sean said, but that was more so in the pandemic, but decided to kind of start my own business, go raise capital from investors um, and kind of pitch that. Hey, look, we do have some operational background. We have dabbled in real estate and we have deployed millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars on behalf of other investors. Maybe give us money and maybe we can try to do this for you. That makes sense. And so kind of in talking about, you know, how you got here, you mentioned that you knew finance is where you wanted to go. How did you know that? How did you figure out that discovery process? Because I think you were an OR major, operations research major, an undergrad. So how did you go from OR to infantry? To finance. So, you know, Mason, you and I had a conversation the other day, and I can really build on this specifically on like what are some points that I would recommend to people transitioning? And I, I can easily encapsulate that in, you know, three points that I would recommend. But one of the points, 
specifically is kind of doing your reconnaissance or doing your due diligence, as we say in the, in the, in the private sector or in the civilian world. Um, and that due diligence really entailed talking to some of my mentors. And it just so happened to be that the mentors I spoke to at the time kind of, you know, they really pitched a big game for, for finance. What I realized is I was looking at going into business school because of the mentors that I spoke to. And this was like the light that was open to me. I saw that there was two big pathways that a lot of veterans really tend to travel down, either consulting or banking. And frankly, there are obviously these beaten paths that a lot of veterans, um, like non-beaten paths these veterans take. Uh, but at the end of the day, I finance, because of my math background, because of my affinity towards math, I decided to kind of dabble in that. I always thought it was going to be cool, like, you know, it was be kind of cool wearing a suit and being in Wall Street. And, and, uh, and but, but I think the long term of it all was always being able to kind of take people's uh, capital and then also deploy that capital. I thought that was a pretty cool understanding. A pretty cool, pretty cool idea overall. And so in making that transition... Not that cool, man. <laughs> oh, I remember those days. Remember when I called you in San Francisco and I was hating my life as an investment banker? Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> they didn't really get a chance to... I was able to, to intern. Um, and then from the intern at uh, uh, investment in investment banking, um, but then from there, fortunately, able to transition into private equity. So from Wall Street wall, you know, streets to the Chicago roads... Uh, but it's uh, concrete jungles or concrete jungles, right? So that makes sense. And so, in your transition, one, when did you decide to leave, and what were you trying to like optimize or solve for in your transition? So I, I entered. You know, there's nothing wrong with entering the military and thinking that this is exactly what you want to do all the way. Frankly, it doesn't really matter if this is something you don't want to do. Or want to do if you're in it, then just be the best at it, right? But I think I entered with the full spirit of let me go all the way. Uh, let me get what I want. Um, let me go to these schools, uh, jump out of planes and go to war and do all that other stuff. Right. And so uh, I, I think as I started checking things off my checklist, my personal checklist, I also realized that I, and I continue to talk to mentors of mine, not only mentors uh, when I was at West Point, but during my time in the military. And they kept, they kept expressing, you know, they kept sharing their viewpoints on the world and their experiences. And I think that allowed me to really feel a level of connection that I wanted to essentially kind of follow. As I started to follow these connections, I would say sometime around after getting back from Afghanistan, my fourth year, third, third to fourth year into military, I realized like, uh, this is something I really want to you know, pursue. And so having checked off a lot of the things off my checklist, having talked to mentors and realizing that I really appreciated what they were talking about, I decided to go full force and trying to get out of the military and go to business school. And it just overall helped me that light switch switched on once I actually got accepted to, to some business schools. And I was like, okay, now I have the first stepping stone that I can kind of transition out of using. And so you viewed kind of that transition and you focused kind of one on some of those kind of key points and differentiators. Did you find that, I guess, in understanding the different cultures, was that a bit of a shock? Or were you? Do you feel like you kind of navigated those changes, whether from army to business school or army to finance? Do you feel like you navigated those pretty well in terms of different cultures? Yeah, sure. So, so maybe maybe I'll just elaborate a little bit, just kind of circling around this conversation you and I had the other day, uh, specifically focusing on what would I recommend to people as they're looking to get out. I think I think the best way to elaborate all this is just going back to the basics. Uh, it's funny for me to have this conversation with you, Mayshan, because you know we, we've just now progressed to that point. But 
I look at it this way, right? I, I look at it as it doesn't, don't be hard on yourself if you're transitioning out and understanding that you don't necessarily have a plan, but do create, do start with reconnaissance, right? So gather your intel, do your due diligence. Then if you choose to leave, it's just fine. If you choose to make a plan, just like you would in the military, right? You wouldn't do something without making a plan. And the third thing is essentially leveraging your strengths kind of ex- ex- execute. Um, so using all the resources. So reconnaissance, I think I already mentioned it, you know, doing your due diligence, talking to people, talking to mentors, peers, friends in the military, doing all that strategy stuff, and then really getting to know it. That includes culture, right? It really does include culture, having an understanding of the culture that you want to kind of d- jump into. And, you know, as we say in, in, the, in the civilian world, like fake it until you make it type of mindset, but really having an understanding of that culture that you're about to try to fake until you make it. Uh, the next thing is like gather all the insights, right? So set your azimuth, create a plan, uh, create that roadmap that you're going to follow and you're really going to try to follow. So I said, hey, I want to do finances. Some people may really, I had a classmate when I was in business school that was actually a classmate of mine at West Point that said he wanted to start a fund, right? So he left the military, went to business school and he had his roadmap on how to get to that fund. And eventually he'll take zigzags along the way, but he's still shooting towards that azimuth. And so relevant to how's culture, how's this, how's that, he's still progressing along that way very deliberately. And then the last thing I, I think that you and I talked about was like, um, when it's time to execute, actually trust yourself. Like really, really trust the strengths you bring to the table. This is kind of what you were hinting towards as well, right? A lot of issues that we as veterans face are the cultural differences, are not necessarily, uh, you know, we run into peers, new peers of ours that are younger, and they essentially seem to walk circles around us with their knowledge of whatever they bring to the table at school or at work. But that doesn't matter. The same way you learn to ruck, the same way you learn to shoot, the same way you learn to lead people, you'll learn to do this. You've done it before, you can do it again, and you have a a different level of perspective. Like you can actually understand, you actually understand that you've dealt with some shit, some stuff, sorry before you got here. And I think a lot of people have never actually had that, right? Um, and so that you can pull from that to actually gain strength. So you will eventually fake it and then you'll make it. That's, so um, that's it. And then that's it, man. I could talk about this for days, honestly, but cut it there. <laughs> We've had many of those journeys, whether uh, conversations, whether I was at Sill and you were at Hood or you were at Booth and I was still at Sill. We've had many of these chats, man. Uh, were there any programs that you used to kind of help with that transition? I know we were in MLT together doing professional development, but any any other ones that you can do yeah. your MLT journey? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and and there's new programs being created on a daily basis. Really, really leverage the the, the groups around you that are trying to support you. You have Twigo is one that I joined for finance. I know that Mayshawn, you and I were at MLT. Essentially, all these organizations helping to, you know, foster and move veteran, um, veterans, not veterans, it's sort of, uh, minorities forward. Uh, but there are a lot of veteran-based organizations. There are, whether it's consulting firms you want to work at, or whether it's certain, certain banks you want to work at, they have many times their individual programs that can help you kind of move forward. Like, I, for instance, for JP Morgan, I was able to become uh, a launching leaders uh, fellow, right? So that's something to help bring minorities forward. So what I would advise you... As you're creating this plan that I mentioned, you know, if you say, hey, I want to go into the banking or I want to go into consulting or I want to go into operations or tech or something, really look to see if these organizations have groups for veterans, really look to see if these organizations have support groups, first of all, for veterans or minorities. And then if they actually take it a step further and these support groups actually come means of way of opportunities to get you an offer or maybe additional money, right, or scholarships, and it'll take you that much further. I think I also joined like the Hispanic Scholarship Fund. You know, as an Hispanic American, 
Uh, but I'm sure there's many funds depending on whatever demographic or you know whatever background you may have. So really leverage that before you leave and, and really have that plan set. No, amazing point. I think they're doing a lot with SkillBridge and a lot of companies, companies that we would you know say is like a gold standard these days are really getting into that veteran talent pool. And so where are you trying to go? Like, where's what's next? I mean, you're working very hard on circular hospitality. Do you see that, you know, becoming the next unicorn? Like, where are you trying to go next? Well, that's the goal now. I think the goal behind this, we, we just got out of, I don't ever wear suits anymore. So I'm wearing a suit because I just got back from an uh, investor meeting. Hopefully, uh, knock on wood, I don't have any near me, but hopefully we could uh, progress us into that unicorn status. I, I think me on an, on an individual basis, I'll take a step back and I'll say, for for those of you, again, talking to my audience, uh, the big thing to kind of take away from this as you're progressing, if you want to stay in the military, you want to get out, I think it's really important for you to assess what is important to you. There's nothing wrong with seeking purpose, right? And But just make sure that you're seeking your purpose. So your peers may tell you your purpose is outside and you say, no, my purpose is inside the military. That's fine. Seek your purpose. And, you know, overall, what I would love to do is retire, as I'm sure everyone would love to do at an early age, you know, financial freedoms, take care of my family. But I actually like to go do Christian mentorship, of all things. I like to go get a divinity degree or try to become some kind of uh, speaker and, you know, to pitch the word of God. But very different from real estate and very different from finance. So hopefully I'm uh, liberated to enough, uh, given enough time to do that. But that's, I think, my purpose. So, yeah. No, that's cool. I, I remember many of our chats, maybe our chats first year uh, over over many scriptures and even what was it the the Easter supper last supper we did. Oh, yeah, man. We did chapel. Yeah, man. We had a third roommate, which Michonne <laughs> loves talking about, and he always had to opine on everybody. But okay, hey guys, like so it, it um it, it the general point there that I would love to emphasize, and and I have so many people, so many conversations. By the way. After this, anyone who listens to this is free to reach out to me. Um, you know, I'm happy to mentor or provide guidance along the way, but I can't emphasize that enough. I left the military and I was like, everybody get out of the military. Everybody get out. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> you can travel, you can do whatever you want. I was like, this is this is the life. And then, you know, as you start getting that level of like stability and you realize, okay, there's positives to both sides of the story, you know, I, I it is just realizing why did I leave the military and what did I get out of leaving the military and realizing that maybe this is my purpose. You know, I, I accomplished what I thought was purposeful when I was in the military. Now I'm doing this and I would throw that right back at you. As you're talking to all these different people and listening to these echo chambers, really get to a point where you assess what is my purpose and then chase that and don't be afraid. That's a good point. There's, there's a lot of bias in what people tell you in their path. Everyone thinks like my path is the right path, whether they have an Oakley cluster eagle on their chest or there's I was about to be that. Yeah. CEO yeah, don't school. listen to no offense to the to the majors and colonels out there, you know, salute you guys. Uh, but I'm just letting you know that your advice in terms of like to those who are transitioning and you know, listening to those majors like we had at West Point tell us nothing companies don't love anyone more than eight years in the military company commands. Like, who cares, bro? Literally, I was I was in my private equity firm and they were comparing me to an Air Force contractor. Like he's a great guy, he's super proficient. But the general point is that to the civilian world, in many, many cases, if you're a veteran, not all the times, but if you're a veteran, they'll be like, a veteran is a veteran is a veteran. And so if you choose to get out, then get out. Like don't don't you don't have to be fearful. Just have what's, what's like the most interesting stereotype that you've heard about veterans? 
kind of like in making your transition, people just either don't know what you really do or think you do something completely different than what you really did. Yeah, for sure. I think I felt, um, they think everybody, it depends, right? It depends. Cause I, I, I thought in business school to give them the benefit of the doubt and the credit, I think a lot of individuals came in with open hearts and minds to veterans. I think some people have a lot of respect. Some people, I think, act as if they have a lot of respect because we live in America. It's just you have to show respect. They used to always tell me, they, uh, my mentor said, when you walk into a room and people hear that you're a veteran, um, and frankly, I think a lot of our, 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 our veterans who came before us did a great job of establishing good reputations. But they say initially, you know, while you're still treading waters, people may not, may, may think you're not good at finance. Uh, they may not think you're articulate. Uh, they may they may think you're a brute. You're you you know you PTSD and that kind of stuff. I I, I it's I don't want to generalize and say a lot of people felt that way. I just want to emphasize that people for sure, be it a minority, be it a veteran, be it any any group that you want to put yourself in, uh, people are going to come at you with expectations for you to perform. So if you're if you want to choose if you want to have that self fulfilling prophecy uh, bias. Um, in the sense of, you know, I, I'm going to fail because I'm a veteran and I can't do math. And then you don't do math. And then everyone's like, yeah, of course you don't do math because you're a veteran. But I guess but there's plenty of other veterans who have done a great job before you. So I think those are good points. Um, yeah. I've seen similar stereotypes in terms of like, you think I'm like a glorified Boy Scout and have all the merit badges. Those are always fun. Um, can you talk about that identity of being a Hispanic man, male, both? in the military and then jumping and bridging the gap into finance and kind of how you kind of navigated both those identities of both a veteran and a Hispanic man. So uh, I don't know why I just thought of you as like Joe Rogan and me as Elon Musk talking on a podcast. How do we really want to take this? Right. Cause I mean, I can open up and really, you know, present the case uh, where I could try to keep a PG. I mean, look, so it's based on the, Mayshawn knows I, I typically like to be pretty transparent. I, I I do believe that there's a level of closed-mindedness. I think a lot of the the, the hate and racism, as we call it, um, that we deal with, is based off of a great level of ignorance. You know, people see my last name, which is Reese Caldron, as shown in the bottoms, twelve letters long. It's really hard to pronounce. At times people really tend to peg me as you know, Latin Americans. We have very rich culture, we have, uh, but we have you know different countries that kind of represent those different cultures. We're not just all one country, right? Um, and so I've had to deal with that in the military and I have to deal with that in the civilian world. And and frankly, sometimes you just got to chalk it up to people just being ignorant. It's not them having hate. It's not or being hateful or closed-minded. It's just being ignorant or they may have not had the exposure. So I think when I approach it with that manner, uh, sorry, with, with that mindset, it's, it's, uh, it's been a lot better to deal with. Um, do I think that I've had certain you know, I guess obstacles along the way. Sure. But do I think that there have been certain advocates that have helped me overcome these obstacles? Yes. Uh, like my, my frat brothers, for instance, have been pivotal in, in this process. You know, when I got into JPM through uh, launching leaders, I had mentors that a lot of people didn't. And these were my minority mentors. These organizations like Twigo and MLT, they've been very helpful. These are essentially been like my champions along the way. And so I think that just because we, by society standards, have been put in a position as minorities that we were, we were essentially let down, I think we could also realize that we do have a lot of groups around us, kind of like what Mason is doing here, where he has his podcast, or he's opening up mentorship, and we should just heavily lean into those groups or mentorship to kind of get that leg up again. That's what I've done. I think it's been very helpful. 
No, very well said. And so kind of in going back to some of those lessons learned, uh, did you, what, what kind of resources did you use? You mentioned a lot of your network. I mean, we all know that Anthony is a people person, a coalition builder, but any other resources that you use, whether it's books, podcasts, um, how did you kind of go about thinking about some of that transition and getting your mind right for that? Yeah, books and podcasts are great. Uh, always, uh, I think you always take it a step further. Podcasts are probably better to me than books. Books to me, it's like when you have a civilian read a Tom Clancy book and they're like, oh, I know everything about the military. I was like, all right, dude, like you don't know anything about the military. Uh, but cool. I mean, like it's, it's a good way to start. Podcast gives you the, the more human touch. And then I would take it to that step further and actually having the human touch. So thanks, Mishan, for saying the coalition builder. But literally to me, I think my biggest, um, you know, hidden key or, 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 you know, my biggest point of success or why I think I've been thus far successful in whatever relative manner you want to peg it as has been because of my friends, uh, my peers, my mentors, like truly, truly, truly. So people have done this before you. Uh, they will continue to do this, you know. And it's 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 it behooves you to kind of like jump on the, the bandwagon and say, hey, I'm a veteran. Raise your hand and ask for help. Or, hey, I'm a minority. Raise your hand and ask for help. And you'll be surprised how many people will flock out to help you. Um, and so if there is like any hidden tool that I can tell people, like if you use this, it's literally the people around you. Like truly leverage it, whether it's the organizations you join or you try to find the school system you go into the just the community of people out there that you probably don't know that are there that they're that are rooting that are rooting for you to succeed. All great points. And so now kind of looking at your transition, we want to focus on kind of what you would change, what you would keep the same. And so I feel like you talked a lot about kind of some of the programs you used. Can you talk about kind of how you thought about your army exit, whether that was in terms of benefits or your last job? How did you think about those elements? Yeah, I think I could have done a better job at this, but for sure I could have done a better job at this. Look, there's nothing wrong if you enter the military and you know you want to get out after five years, that you exit after five years, right? And there's nothing wrong that if you enter the military with the intention of staying your whole life, um, that you end up leaving after five years or before that. It doesn't really matter. Everyone has their point of service and, and at the end of the day, you run that. Once I started realizing that I was going to get out or wanted to get out, I should have done more due diligence. I should have done more of a reconnaissance, right? It's very fortunate that I was able to get from A to Z with the help of my friends. But if I didn't have those friends, um, then I definitely, I, I think I would have been completely lost, right? So what I advertise or at least like to, to pitch to anyone who's asking for advice is, if you know that you want to get out, okay, cool, then start preparing to get out. Um, and the way you start to bring it out is having conversations, reading the books, doing the podcast, attending events. There's nothing wrong with going to schools and attending their veteran events. A lot of these schools, if you choose to go to graduate programs, have that. And if you don't choose to go to graduate programs, nothing wrong with reaching out to people on LinkedIn or in industries you want to go to and saying, hey, look, I'm a veteran. And I see that you are also a veteran or you work at this job. Could, it, could we share a coffee chat or a virtual conversation? And so... Yeah, the medical side, that's also great. You know, nothing wrong with you taking care of yourself, talking to the doctors beforehand uh, so you can have it on your record. That's also fascinating. Um, and then, you know, plans of transition, right? So if you want to go to school, if you want to go out, do whatever. I don't really think anything else, Mishan. I don't know what else to add. I just know that I could have done a better job of, you know, making a plan. And I wish more people would do the same rather than just stumbling out because they're so angry. I know a lot of people are so angry getting and they want to get out. 
And then they just forget to kind of prepare. And then when they get out, they're like, oh, snap, what do I do now? Like, and so they have to take kind of like any offer that's presented to them. And I realized like, yo, just block out all that noise and just kind of focus like your commander and all these people are telling you, or they're, they're looking down on you because you're leaving. It's just like, all right, man, like move this aside. And what, where am I trying to go and how can I get there? That's an amazing point, Anthony. People focus on what they're leaving as opposed to what they're moving towards, moving to. Um, I did a lot. A lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, that's that tripped me up, even in the civilian world. And so I, I do have a lot of haters. I, I once had a friend tell me, he told me in the military, not, not to mention him, so he doesn't have to ever look back on this, but he was like, look, man, like, don't worry about these haters. Like, just in, in the crudest manner possible or in the, the rawest manner. He was like, you're not going to ever talk to these people again. And I mean, the idea is for you to build these relationships in the military and talk to these people again. So I don't really take everything he said, um, you know, like as gospel. But but uh, but the, the overall spirit of it was you're not going to see about 95 percent of these people ever again. That's probably true. And so don't worry about what they're saying. If you want to get out or if you're going to the doctor or if you pursue you know, do you're following this path. Do you take care of yourself? And then just be ready to, to leave and have people in some ways kind of be haters along the process. And if, if that's the case, very unfortunate, very unfortunate because you did your service. But if that does turn to be um, your your path, then so well, oh well. No, all made points. In terms of your transition, both time that you took between like your last day on active duty and starting school at Booth, and then hmm. so. Went to Ibiza. Awesome. <laughs> of course you did. Recording, yeah. Of course you did. Well, uh, it, it, <laughs> and then your the last job that you took. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, how much time did you take between you know leaving your last job in the army and starting in business school? And then two, how did you think about your last job in the army? Were you on staff at Hood or were you doing something else? Um, can you share kind of some of those insights and thought processes with us? Sure. So I, I always like to start this off nowadays as I've gotten older with the message that this is this was my path and not necessarily yours. Because back in the day, I was so susceptible to any kind of advice that if someone told me like this is the right path, and I was like, okay, cool, then let me just do that, right? So I say that because the path I took was business school, and business school allowed me to leave the military at a point in time where I went literally out of the military and straight into school. So there was really no law. Uh, during my last few weeks, I literally was taking, while I was in the military and I was taking vacation, I think I was doing like space A flights. First time I ever went to Europe and I, I did a space A flight uh, to Germany. I went to the like, to, to United Kingdom, to Italy, whatever. The point was that I was jumping around and, and I, I do believe that's an amazing opportunity. And if you have the opportunity of taking, you know, leave out the back end and traveling, go do that. You know, I met people who've gone to monasteries. I met people who pretty much walked Dead Valley. Whatever you want to do, man, if you want to find God, go do that too. But the, the, the general point is I didn't really have that opening. I kind of went straight to business school. And then I was able, I was fortunate enough to have a program in business school where they allow you to travel to a country, random walk is what they call it, a booth, where you randomly get assigned a country and you go with 14 future classmates. And the whole intention is for you to meet them. By the way, definitely remember feeling out of place there. I was the one veteran in my group talking to people who didn't know anything about the military. But I went to Spain. And in Spain, I went to where we can have another conversation at a different time about how I became the person I am today, I think, through this trip. But um, freedom is so just amazing. 
it's just amazing. So I was able to really taste all the freedom. So I went to, 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 to Barcelona, to Madrid, and then lo and behold, my favorite city in the world, Ibiza. Yeah. I don't know how we got to that point, but <laughs> I, I, uh, it was, it, you know, a lot of times people pretty much leave the military and they do try to find themselves. A lot of times people leave straight into the opportunity. I was fortunate to go straight into the opportunity, which is business. So you would say having that opportunity to really figure out who you are, who Mr. or Mrs. X is so-and-so, you know, outside of the uniform, outside of captain, sergeant, major, lieutenant colonel, whoever. I think that's, that's very fair. Yeah, thanks for doing that. Um, I, I do realize I get lost in my stories, and so you bring it back. It must be cool being the narrator. You just always tell someone, like, hey, man, just come back. I was like, yeah. But yeah, well, exactly. What's fun would you, like, you you were there, you, I was there with you living the story, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, I was there with you living the story. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, but this, at this whole story. time, I've been running this, uh, so those who are listening to this, it's kind of weird, man. I'm trying to teach you stuff and also be open, but then not to be, you know, this not side with one way or the other, right? So I, I want to say this because I do realize those who, who listen to this and and like, man, it's amazing the freedom that you probably get when you travel and you meet all these people. But the military is also cool in many ways. So I try to always bring it back to that so that I don't really encourage people on one way. Like, oh, you know, you know, I heard this on a podcast and he made the civilian world look amazing and I want to do that. And then you get out and you're like, I don't, I don't like this. I was like, not my fault, man. It's just, yeah. No, I think it's. I think you're given a good fair balance of each, right? Where there's there's enjoyable moments in the military and things that you people that you miss, and there's you know there's offset freedom. So there's good and bad with both. Sometimes the grass isn't greener. Sometimes it's just spray paint. Yeah, we can dive in deeper. I'm like, happy again to take this offline with anyone who ever wants to reach out and talk to me. I can give you the full color and disclosure, but um, to me, Sean's exactly that. It's I've had I have friends who and frankly, you know, funny enough, I've had conversations with certain people who went to business school, actually people who were in business school when I was in business school with me and went back to the military and they got a taste of the same freedom that I got. Right. And so or that I was enjoying at the time in business school and so on. Um, and it, it was always that's kind of what like allowed me to see or have empathy for them in that sense, just by seeing it was that. Though this is amazing for me, you know, being able to, I don't have a 250 mile radius around me. I can, you know, say, hey, I'm over here and I'm over here. And, and frankly, you don't have to go to work. If you, you don't go to work, you get fired and, you know, but you're not, you're not going AWOL. You know, the world's yours. But that, those friends like, enjoyed the civilian world, but then they were like so happy to go back. And they're just like, oh, you know, I'm so excited to get back. So, I mean, it's something for everyone and you just got to decide what's for you. So self-discovery is really important in that process to know who you are and what motivates you. And I think that's that's an amazing point. Is there anything that you would do the same? You mentioned some things you would change. I mean, obviously you've had an amazing journey. Anything you would keep the same that's <laughs> instrumental in where you are today? To, to spin on some of my interests, on a, on a professional level, I actually was a venture capitalist in the psychedelic industry. So... Maybe that reveals a lot of information about me. So I'll keep that the same. Um, definitely would have gone to Ibiza again. <laughs> so, I mean, look, look, so, so, so um, I, I think I would have continued, definitely leveraged the friendships that I had um, or that I still have. Definitely, definitely. I think for me, you know, I, my fraternities, Omega Sci Fi, 
and our creed really to and through is, you know, um, friendship is essential to the soul. Um, and this isn't like a shout out to my frat. This is actually something that I really believe in. I think it encapsulates a lot of the actions I take. And so if you say like, is there something that you would have kept the same, it would have it's just been like heavily, the fact that I heavily relied on my friends and the fact that my friends heavily showed up and continue to do so. And so I think, uh, I think that is probably where I always go back to. If, if I was ever going to do this again, I was going to rely on my friends again. I was going to do my due diligence and talk to my friends so I can rely on them. Uh, and then I was going to continue to ask for help. I think anything, all the other stuff is just noise. No, all, all amazing points, Anthony. I feel like you're giving next set of veterans, you know, really a lot of grateful, helpful tips and pro tips to figure out what's coming down the pipeline should they decide to pursue. For those people that want to like stay in touch with you and kind of learn more about your story, um, are there any things that you want to share, whether that's, you know, social media or, you know, obviously circular hospitality, anything else you want to share with our listeners? I don't know what's the best way to do it. Cause if I want to provide people with my information so they can reach out to me, Look, you can look me up on Facebook. I'm literally standing on Facebook. I think I'm standing on top of a camel in Egypt, shirtless. It's not I can, like, I'll include it's your not like, I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you give? Like, how do you give someone information? By LinkedIn, I guess. Yeah, your LinkedIn. You can tell them about Circuit Hospitality. Um, yeah. And we'll also share that when we post both on like YouTube and LinkedIn. Like, hey, this is Anthony Ruiz Calderon and his company. And, you know, if you have questions, feel free to hit him up. He's open to connect with folks. And, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And look, it's, uh, I know we're coming to an end. And so I, I open my door uh, to pretty much anyone who's seeking advice and help. And I would really leave with this point. So for points, just have the humility to ask for help, you know, let go of that pride aspect. Um, there's many people who came before you that have just faked it so well that they just learned to make it, right? So you think you look at some people and they're like, man, this guy, this guy was like, you know, they did they, they, this young woman or young man, they did a great job. Like they also were struggling at one point in time, just like you. And when you finish a call, I think one of the best pieces of advice I ever received was whenever you finish a call with a mentor, if, or like a networking event or whatnot, and you're meeting new people, never be afraid to ask them for like, how would you, what would you advise my next steps be? But at the same time, ask them if they can connect you to somebody because one, it allows your network to organically grow. But if they're invested in you, and they also probably know more than you about the industry or where you're going, then they could probably connect you to people who could also help. And then slowly but surely, it'll continue to grow. So just ask. So you get on the phone with me, I'll be happy to connect you with people like Mayshawn and other friends. Just ask. Ask. How can you help? Who could I talk to? No. Amazing points. Amazing gems. Uh, well, again, Anthony, we thank you so much for your time. Can't wait to see what you and your brother do next. And uh, keep us posted on the Unicorn and its IPO. Yeah, sure. Sure, man. Thanks, thanks again for having me. Um, you know I'm a bit quirky at times, but thanks again for always being a true homie. For those of you guys who don't know, Mayshawn's, uh, Mayshawn's actually cooler than what his bio said. And that's hard. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, no, seriously. He's a good dude. So all the best to everyone. And uh, yeah, here to help.